welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, um, or for whenever you're listening, because after all, it's your podcast. Now, um, joining me today is a gentleman who um, is not one of these people that likes to, to hide in the shadows. You won't find him sitting in the wings. He's the guy that's kind of standing on stage in a spotlight, but not a, just a normal spotlight. It's usually a board game cardboard spotlight. So from the board game spotlight, <laughs> I'm really proud of this introduction, Derek. That was a it's, great intro. I am, I let, sir, let me just applause. <laughs> it's Derek, it's Derek Funkhauser from the board game spotlight. So officially hello Derek and welcome to the show and thank you very very much for taking the time to come and and speak to us today um for people who haven't listened to us before thank you for listening um it's 2018 it is January it means it means that everybody's kind of watching watching their weight a little bit maybe trying to get a bit fitter so rather than the usual fare of food that we have in the green room we've got fruit we've got some bran flakes we've got some freshly squeezed orange juice so feel free to help yourself before you sit back and relax to what me and Derek are going to have a chat about for people who haven't listened to us for the before and are listening to us for the first time thank you for joining us Um, the reason that we do this is because we wholeheartedly believe there's quite simply there's not enough podcasts out there about board games um the search continues. In fact, there is only three podcasts in Scotland about board games. There's us, there's Unlucky Fraud Gaming, and then there's the First Player Token as well. And the other reason that we're doing this is, um, at some point when you are on Facebook, you're going to stumble across some board game groups if you're into the hobby. And then you're going to stumble onto some place like the Board Game Spotlight. And then you're going to see there's a very just charming, very friendly gentleman by the name of Derek, who is always contributing to kind of conversations, who's helping people out, who's generally giving their giving them advice. Uh, and when I knew he was kind of working quite uh, closely with uh, with good old James Hudson, I said, "I have to get this guy on. I can't get away from it. He, if I don't get, if I don't get Derek on the show, people are going to complain. So that's why I asked him on." <laughs> So, you better be good guest, Derek, because you know I can't. I don't think I've bigged anybody else up. I I have a lot to live up to. I hope that I can provide enough entertainment for your listeners. Isaac Childress didn't get this build up. I'm just saying. There's no. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, but no. I mean, you know, you have um, you become one of the staple members of the board game spotlight team. So, Mm. but what we're interested in is not. We're going to find out, obviously, some stuff about that. But what we'd like to find out is a little bit about your history with the old printed and pressed trees. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your, you know, kind of your, your history? You can kind of look back in the past. We can have a little, I guess, a little stare at the present before we kind of jet off towards the, the, uh, towards the city of the future. Um <laughs> So you want to tell us how you got into the kind of the, the, the kind of the hobby in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my family growing up, I've always been enamored with board games uh, from even small age. Uh, my family, my mom will tell the story when I was six, seven, eight, designing just uh, silly games that uh, my friend and I could play uh, for, I believe it was second grade, I decided to build I had to do a book report on the book Treasure Island, and I had to come up with a creative, um, I guess you say just a creative solution on doing that book report for the for Treasure Island, and I chose to tell the story of Treasure Island in a board game. So it was very interesting. I think my mom might still have that, but it was a roll. <laughs> it was a roll and move, and it was you know you go pick up stuff and you have to fight, and it was uh, so I guess. From the very, very early age, uh, I was into board gaming. Um, <laughs> your typical Uno uh, and Monopoly, you know, those types of things. So when, um, so when you were taking your um, 
your girlfriend at the time round to meet your mum for the first time, rather than bring out the baby pictures of you naked on the rug, did she bring out the kind of the Treasure <laughs> Island kind of she, Well, unfortunately, those baby pictures came out, but uh, I, I don't <laughs> think those board game uh, prototypes came out. I, I'd have to look through... <laughs> I'd have to look through the closets and the and you know the attic for that type of thing. But uh, lo, lo and behold, uh, lo and behold, that happened. And so, uh, little did I know that that would set really the groundwork for the future uh, for kind of what's happening now. So my family, like I said, always grew up playing any type of yeah. game, uh, dice games, card games, you name it. And uh, was about 2014. Uh, that I entered into the actual board gaming hobby. The the veil was the, the it was oh. like the Wizard of Oz. The 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 veil was was uh, brought back, and there was board games. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's a whole <laughs> other world uh, beyond Monopoly <laughs> or Settlers of Catan at the time. Oh, don't and I know. I and know. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say the. Uh, the, no, the, it's fine. He who must not be mentioned. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it is. You're right. It is like you know. You're going from a, a kind of a sepia-toned or black and white world, and you open mm-hmm. up the door, and you open it up to kind of like it's like opening up to Oz. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everywhere goes coloured. <laughs> it really. I do. I don't know if they still do the song and dances when people discover the kind of the board game hobby. I think they were kind of the, like. You can them out. You don't get the full kind of welcome and everything like they used to do, but I'm still thinking they're kind of trying, trying to do that. So, what was the first? I mean, 2014. That's not. You say that this is the thing. This is when you realise time is going so fast. When you say, "Well, that's not that long ago," and then you're saying, mm-hmm. "Well, actually, that's four years ago now." Right. So, do you remember the kind of the? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's like, yeah, it's not that long, it's like 40 years ago. But what was the kind of the games that kind of first piqued your interest? Do you remember the first ones that you kind of picked up and went... Absolutely, absolutely. What? What's the, this? Uh, the first game that, that really brought me into the hobby was in 2014. I asked for Seven Wonders. And oh, yeah. I, I received that for Christmas, and uh, we still play that game. It is just a fantastic game for my family and I. And that was what piqued my interest into the hobby. I realized that, again, there was a whole another world to this. And so from there, you know, I found Pandemic, Ticket to Ride, uh, all of those essential gateway games, Dominion, mm-hmm. uh, all those essential gate, gateway games that kind of help guide a new gamer uh, further down the, the road. Uh, and now, four years later, I have about 250 games sitting on my shelf. Uh, with a long list of games that I enjoy playing, uh, you know, I've made a top ten. It's just—it's funny how far that you can come <laughs> in four years. Uh, but I have a lot of friends in the industry who have been in board games for uh, longer than I have, right? And so yeah. I still feel like I'm kind of a baby, like an infant stage as far as that. But I, I'm trying to get out there. I'm playing as many games as possible. I'm trying to gain that experience so that I can have. Uh, well, like you, like you said, I want to be able to help as many people as I can on the board game spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I think because um, I'm probably in a similar boat. I did, you know, maybe started a little, maybe a little bit when I really got back into the hobby again. But then um, remember having kind of like Jamie Stegmaier on the show and him asking, um, "Have you played kind of like uh, Zolkin?" And I was like, "No, no, I haven't." Go and ask me another embarrassing question. He's like, have you played Isle of Sky? And it's like, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> can, I, can I just go now? <laughs> can I just edit out this bit of the show? But, um, you know, and it's like, oh, I better kind of... It's kind of like... Um, but there's so many games nowadays, you can't kind of cover... You can't kind of cover everything. You have to accept that there's going to be games that you just... You kind of... You haven't played. And let's face it, there's probably games that you own... <laughs> You probably haven't. Oh, haven't absolutely. Played. There, there's a sh- there's a shelf of shame, or or more so a wall of shame, uh, of games that I've not gotten to yet. But my one of my New Year's resolutions is to end the game with as few unplayed games as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when it came to, um, I mean, games that you have you go do you go for a particular style of game yourself? Then are you? You know, do you like your work? I mean, you've mentioned Seven Wonders. So, you do you like something that's several? You know, complicated that you're building up a machine, or um, 
is there a particular genre that you like to to kind of go for over yes, others? Absolutely. Uh, I am a worker placement uh, guy myself. So anything that has to do with worker placement, uh, I will absolutely, I'm like a moth to a flame. Uh, I, I love worker placement games. And then it would be abstract. Uh, really enjoy abstract strategy games, Anatama, uh, Azul, most recently. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and so I'm drawn to those as well. And then I would say third would be kind of your, uh, your card drafting games, um, like Seven Wonders. Uh, yeah. I do enjoy a good engine building game, Terraforming Mars uh, games, similar to that. So... But I have to say that worker placement has my heart. <laughs> um, have you managed to get your hands on Charterstone then? Have you been playing that at all? Because I think um, James Hudson came out and said this is one of the best games he's played in a while kind of thing. Have you managed yourself to kind of have some time to play that at all? I have. Uh, my wife and I, we're on game nine of the series. Uh, we're trying to, to finish it out. We're trying to finish strong and I have been very, very impressed with the, the mechanics and systems that, that they created. Please please tell me it's absolutely terrible and I don't need to consider buying it. <laughs> uh, if I were to tell you that, I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> it is an absolute... Uh, it is just a pleasure to play. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. You just have such a... The worker placement aspect is, was so well integrated with the legacy yeah. and i if if anybody requests or, or says hey i, I want to play a legacy game i've never played one my first recommendation is going to be charterstone oh um, yeah that that that's my first recommendation um, would that be I, even even over pandemic legacy <laughs> so you Brian, you bring up the uh, the evil stepsister for me I'm i praying. i am <laughs> One of the few that it, that thought Pandemic Legacy was okay. Uh, I was not over the moon with it. In fact, I was actually cheering for Gloomhaven to knock Pandemic Legacy off the number oh one goodness. platform. Now, don't you get said... me wrong. The, the system uh, works incredibly well. Uh, d very well designed. I just kind of thought that the story was a little... Um, not cheesy, but it was obvious. I knew where it was leading, and like it was kind of like, oh, they, they, it signal. I, I don't know. I just felt like it was. I wasn't blown away. <laughs> uh, and you've heard it here first, folks. Derek Funkhauser, um, <laughs> Pandemic Legacy is definitely a six out of ten. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see your hand, and I'll, I'll raise it, and I'll say that terraforming Mars for me. Mm -hmm. Was the best was the best five out of ten I ever play, I played all year. <laughs> I that didn't you know that didn't get but that's good because you're not liking why why you you know it's like I don't like pan, pandemic legacy. How dare you not like a game that other people really really like? Uh, okay, <laughs> what's your point? Kind of thing. <laughs> I yeah, um, I agree. You know, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to do. So I take it you must have a lot of Mr. Stegmeyer's other games. I take it you're mm. if I said Viticulture, you'd be like, Yeah, it's lovely. Have you got have you have you played Viticulture? Of course you I, have. I have, I have. And I would uh I have been known to to be a little bit of a Stonemeyer fanboy, I suppose you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. uh to this date I have all of uh Stonemeyer's games. Uh, dating back to Euphoria, uh, and I have Between Two Cities, though not designed by Jamie, published by Stonemaier. Yeah, uh, Scythe has been in my top five since it released. Um, so I'm I am a big fan of, of Stonemaier games, and it's introduced its own legacy element, I believe, with its um, with a newer expansion that's coming out um, for Scythe, as far as I'm aware. Um, but yeah, I mean, they seem to be kind of continually kind of knocking knocking it out of the park. Is there any games you've got your eye on at the moment that you've kind of? I know you probably get exposed to and have access to mm -hmm. a reasonable amount of games due to the kind of the board game spotlight. Mm -hmm. But is there any games that you have you're kind of, I guess, hunkering for at the moment that you're kind of thinking I'd like to get my hands on like that to to kind of have a have a game of it? Yes, uh, in. 
this is funny, but some of the games that I am actually pursuing are games that are older. And so uh, I have been trying to track down a game of Orleans for about a year now. Uh, I, yeah. just need, I, just, I, I just need to bite the bullet and I just need to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would, if TMG, if anybody from TMG listens to this, please reprint that game. I would love, love to purchase it. Uh, um, I'll ask him, I'll ask John Clare. Because <laughs> he's got, he's he's my man inside. He's coming back. He's um he's coming back on the show in February to talk about um to talk about their latest Kickstarter. So um we Fantastic. we can ask. He could come back on the show. You could ask him yourself, and then just disappear. I could. <laughs> just say, I could. I'll, hide, I'll just I'll do hide. a question. <laughs> I'll hide in the shadows, and then I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> jump. Just like, <laughs> just like surprise. <laughs> Oh, that so, I could do like a question section, and it's just yeah. like it's just like you you having the same question five times. <laughs> when can I get hold of this game? When can I get hold of this game? When can I get hold of this game? Yeah, I mean it's um, <clears throat> it's kind of difficult to uh, when you see the bright, the shiny, and the new mm-hmm. being pushed out there all the time to forget that there's kind of there's some really really good. Decent games like I think uh, who was it was talking that day that I was listening to um, Polyhedron Collider were talking about I think it was Suro, which mm-hmm. um, is quite an old game that they were talking you know they were kind of ranting and raving about but yes yeah, it's, it's kind of like going back and revisiting maybe the older cardboard now that it's become so popular I mean it's really kind of reached its um, its heights what else are you kind of after what else would you like to get your hands on I would love to get my hands on Rajas of the Ganges. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sure you've potentially seen that released at Essen this last year, 2017. Yeah. Uh, that I actually, so I've played that, and the, that is the reason why I want to purchase it. I actually, we had a local convention here this last week, mm-hmm. and I had the pleasure of sitting down with uh, a few players that are actually in the board game spotlight, uh, playing games with them, putting you know faces with names, and just having a really mm-hmm. great social time together. And Rajas of the Ganges was one that hit the table, I believe, three times at least. So you really, really kind of you can't wait to get your hands on that one then. Oh, absolutely! Uh, that one, as soon as I played, shot up to my wish list. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we all, I mean, everybody's got a wish list, right? It keeps yeah. growing as more games are, are on there, but that one went right up into the top three. I think I have a, I think I have a, um, I have a list and forget list, I think. I think there's a lot of games that I kind of like, I'll see it. It's like um, Euphoria, mm-hmm. again. You just mentioned it to me. It's reminded me that I really, really need to see if I can get my hands on it, like a, a copy of it from somewhere, or at least play it. I know, I know of at least two people that have got it. Mm-hmm. And every time they say, "What should we bring at the club this week?" I completely forget that it's got to be. You know, I said, "Oh, Euphoria, bring it along," because I just want to sample it because they got the Kickstarter edition, so it's got the really, really nice kind of components and everything like that. The really, really kind of nice finish and everything. So, I've always kind of wanted to, wanted to have a shot of that and and you know, kind of kind of play around with that. Um, I mean. Looking for, I mean, you've where you are just now, you know, with you being part of the the kind of the board game spotlight. And for people that haven't heard the board game spotlight, it's like a it's a it's a Facebook group. Um, it's a very friendly place. It is kind of like Cheers Bar. <laughs> you can kind of go in, and there's a lot of people that will know your name. Um, <laughs> you know, we I don't think we have a Woody Harlison behind the bar yet, but <laughs> I think the positions kind of. There's so many people there that are just kind of friendly and supportive and stuff like that. But, I mean, obviously that allows you to get a look at kind of like a lot of games that are going to be coming out kind of in the, in the future and also the kind of the, the kind of the Kickstarter side of things. I mean, do you do you back Kickstarters yourself? Is that something that you kind of delve and, and dabble in at all? Absolutely. Uh, so with the with the spotlight, it has really provided a really really fun opportunity to take a look at Kickstarters uh, that are coming out, and, and so that's also kind of why I tend to try to pick up older games because I'm I'm down in the trenches with Kickstarters, uh, you know, previewing them and playing them, and and so mm-hmm. I I do I do back uh, qu- 
quite a few quite a few games actually since working with James I actually have finally unlocked that coveted super super backer <laughs> status he's an, he's an enabler <laughs> yeah he's a full on he's a full on enabler for those of your listeners that don't follow James Hudson on on don't. Kickstarter don't don't do it <laughs> you've got you've got to wonder if he ever sleeps because uh, at some point in the because it's like some like we're on different time zones but there'll be times like first thing in the morning where it'll be a message coming through and it's like James Hudson just backed this and Kickstarter and it's like what is he doing? Is he just like, <laughs> he got it on a diary? Wake up and back this, you know. It's probably part of his training plan. You know, he goes out, runs for half an hour, comes back, backs a game, does you know some cardio, fifty sit ups, fifty press ups, fifty squats, backs another game, goes sits 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 down, has a protein shake, some fruit, and some light muesli, and then guess what? Backs another game. <laughs> That's about what it sounds like, and, uh, and so I I have backed and I do back. I love to to help fellow Kickstarter contributors and content creators. So I absolutely like right mm. now. Uh, we have Western Legends on Kickstarter. Oh yes, and Spirits of the Forest uh, by Thundergriff Games. Yeah, and there are there are always plenty of games available on Kickstarter to back. Uh, mm. uh, there's always something for somebody. Yeah, I mean we had. Um... We had Kira and uh, Mark on from Colossal Games. They were on um, just before Christmas talking about Western Legends. And they were kind of, I think they were at that apprehensive kind of just before the push of the button stage, just wondering, well, you know, have we figured everything out? Is everything ready? (laughs) You know, um, are we happy with what we've done? And then they've pressed the button and it's just gone like, um, it's gone like the 12 o'clock stage. (laughs) With extra horses, yeah, it, it really has just gone like an absolute rocket. It's it's one of these. Um, I think it's going to be one of these games that are potentially going to run out of stretch goals. <laughs> they have they have serious. Uh, wow, yeah. I mean, they have just blown through uh, stretch goals and, and expansions, and uh, it has been such a so exciting for Colossal with this being their first Kickstarter launch. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis and Mark uh, and Kira, hats off to them. They did a wonderful job. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, I, I can't say enough enough good things about it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it It does what you want it to do. It's a sandbox, open world experience. It's quick. Yeah. It offers a lot of player interaction. Uh, very little downtime between players' turns. Uh, it's got an old Western theme, which is severely underused, uh, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, uh, we were I was actually joking with Mark that they're going to set off the renaissance of Westerns, just like we've had space operas and zombies. Now we're yeah. going to have this just landslide of <laughs> Western games. It's going to be uh, Attack of the Killer, um, zombie cowboys <laughs> from outer space kind of thing. Yeah. And it'll yeah. be... And it'll be a it'll be a cool mini or not game, and it'll come in and it'll do it'll do forty seven million, and it'll bankrupt a number of people <laughs> at the same time. Um, are you are you the the type of person that would kind of do you spread the kind of the joy? Are you likely to kind of go in and back kind of smaller projects and kind of like chuck a buck here, there, and everywhere to keep up, or do you concentrate on kind of set projects that you've decided to back? Kind of thing. I I have actually started to kind of evolve my strategy as far as Kickstarter goes. Uh, in the past and even currently, I have kind of uh, well, I have you know budgeted for for games that I know coming out, and I'm really excited to, to back and and help those companies. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to overlook the the small publisher, the indie developer, uh, somebody yeah. who's just trying to get off get off the ground because. Uh, all of these companies that are putting out AAA titles right now, uh, you think Simon and 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 Thundergriff and uh, Druid City, they had to start somewhere too. Uh, yeah, and if, exactly. And if you did, if they didn't get that dollar or back here uh, from just the average Joe, um, then maybe they wouldn't be where they are today. And so, yeah, absolutely. I I I don't back off as much as James. I I just I don't. Uh, <laughs> But I, I do I, I do like to to do that. 
Yeah, but you'd end up broke, but you would be absolutely so fit and ripped. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. I mean, Maybe I that should. is his key. And I need to get a mohawk too. That's and part a beard, of it. And a, a, and a big beard. beard. A yes. really, but it's an impressive beard. It's quite intimidating. I remember when I first spoke to him on Skype and I went, <laughs> I went, great Merlin's beard. That's impressive. <laughs> you know, that's a man's beard. But anyway, enough about James Hudson's beard because I didn't think I would be getting on to that topic. <laughs> so early in the conversation, um, with obviously with you, um, let's talk about um, the board game spotlight because it's kind of come. In my thoughts, it kind of came at a time where maybe the community needed a slightly different approach to how some Facebook groups were being run. Um, I think there was. And I, I, these are my words, they're not Derek's, you know, you can blame me for these. But depending on some groups, there's a certain amount of potential one-upmanship. There's a potential occasional bit of snobbery. There are some people that shut people down when they try to open up conversations, which was happening in certain groups. And also, um, you can also get into the point where people use being in control of a group as a little bit of a power trip which can happen. And all that leads to is you lead to people joining and then not staying because they don't feel welcome or not staying because they feel they can't get into the clique or not staying because the first time that they post something they get shot down by about 50 50 million people. Mm -hmm. And then across the rainbow, (laughs) and you'll know where I'm going with this, there was this group of, you called yourselves the the Care Bears, the Care Bear Group, yes. The Care yeah. Bear Group. That's us. Because the board, the board games. I mean, what? How did you get involved in that? Where, where you know, where did? How did you, you know, how did you get involved and in, and in, and in build up to like your kind of your current role within the within the group itself? Sure. So uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, a longtime member of various Facebook groups, uh, Tim Tim Gay, Timothy Gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he and I have been friends for uh, about two years now. Uh, talking online and kind of just following each other, hype, you know, hyping stuff, promoting, and just ha- just having fun, because uh, that's what I think the hobby's about. It's about having fun. And so he messaged me saying that he heard through the grapevine that uh, James Hudson was looking for uh, a writer, someone else to to help kind of manage some things that that he needed to done. And this was almost a year ago, so March of 2016. And so I guess. You know, just right place at the right time, and uh, he messaged me or I messaged him one of, one of the two, and and he said, hey, I'd I'd like to bring you on as a as a trial. So let's let's you know, write me write me a few articles. Let's do this, see how it works out, and then in three months we'll assess you know how it's going. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it really, and, it, and that was cool. I was like, hey, you know what? This is this is fun. I was already employed full time, so this wasn't like yeah. a make or break it for me. Uh, yeah. and this was definitely a passion. This is a passion of mine. And so did that, wrote a few articles. Um, Rabbit Trail, I go back and I read those articles and I think, oh my gosh, I have come so far. <laughs> I have come so far from, from that time. And so July of 2016 is when uh, he asked me to work uh, part-time for him as a staff writer, as... Um, so uh, writing reviews and doing the board games promotion spotlight, that was something that was kind of not the norm at the time. And it still, it still isn't. Uh, we saw an opportunity for the board game spotlight to grow that, that brand and to offer Kickstarter creators a great, um, just a great community to be involved with. And, uh, and then also promote Kickstarter games and, and, and to preview them and everything. So July of this last year was when, I, when I've been, you know, started part-time. And then it's come almost a year later. And, you know, I'll be moving down there to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and just diving in headfirst. I'm the type of person that I, I don't. I always wholeheartedly do something. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to go head first. Yeah. And so it's a, it is a little bit of a risk to, to do that. But my family is so supportive. 
and they are all for it. And I know that James and the Druid City team and the board game spotlight, uh, fantastic individuals, just just great people. Uh, and I couldn't ask for for better people to work around. So that's really brings me to where we are now, and, and with the Kickstarter promotions, mm-hmm. and, and and even with the community, and I, and I. It's it's difficult to say that uh, what you said, but uh, unfortunately, it's true that that some groups do have uh, their own little feel. Uh, they're yeah, kind of like yeah. little little like tribes, you know, and and so they each have their their little uh, way that they're run and their rules, uh, but for the most part, all you know, cordial uh, cordial enough, but but definitely some of the inclusive inclusivity. Uh, wasn't there. Uh, people were being excluded. Uh, new members, you know, may not have felt quite quite as comfortable. So I don't want to speak for them, but for the board game spotlight, for us, my vision and my heart for the community is that everybody is welcome. And I know this is James's vision and heart as well. Like, yeah. he has told me this, like, everybody's welcome. You're not here to be negative. Uh, and we actually caught some flack for for these types of uh, of feelings where you know it's all very positive. There's no negativity, uh, and people are like, "Oh, well, you're just all positive, all hype, all the time. You're not allowing you're not <laughs> allowing people that, to be negative." And yeah. I w- we we addressed the issue, and and life's too short to be negative. Uh, it's too short to cut people down to to not let them enjoy life because they're posting because they're excited and you know when when they do that and then they come back to a notification where the first comment is like this game is terrible why are you playing it (laughs) you know that that's just gonna drive people away and i i that was something that we don't we don't allow that now the flip side of that is that we do allow and we i i encourage well-constructed negative comments like it, it I am okay with you saying, hey, I didn't enjoy this game. This is why I didn't like it. These are some of the issues I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is okay. That is the right way to approach those posts. But when you get the knee-jerk, like, oh, game's terrible. You need to find better games. And then they move on. It's like you should have taken five seconds to just read the post and continue scrolling. Just just move on. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I see that. With um, You mentioned, obviously, writing. Because we're going to jump back to that. I mean, with you, is there always is there a is there a notebook with the the scribbles and the scrawls of a of a younger Derek Funkhauser? I mean, have you always done a little bit of writing in your free time? I have. Uh, I have always been kind of the creative type. Uh, writing has been a passion of mine since I was mm-hmm. little. Uh, you know, some of my friends were always dreading the book reports and the essays and and all of that <laughs> type of thing. And I I. I can't say that I was excited, but it didn't bother me. Uh, yeah. I, I just really enjoy creative writing uh, and journalism. I actually went to college, and my my major is in English history. Uh, so oh, I took, okay. I, yeah, so I took a lot of writing classes in college, and so that really uh, unknown at the time has helped me so much uh, since you know where where I'm at in my my life right now. What's your um okay? What's your favorite period of um of the his of UK, of English history then? Hmm. I I like to learn about and I read and study both the Revolutionary War and yeah. sorry <laughs> and the uh, World War Two. Oh, so right, those, okay. those 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 are my two passions uh, in in history as far as the U.S. history. But I honestly enjoy all types of history, dating all the way back to the Renaissance. And uh, you know, early period history. I just really, really enjoy that. Okay, okay. Did you do anything else in terms of writing? Can you obviously you talked about the the board game article stuff? Mm-hmm. Were you doing other similar things for other kind of other topics, other things like you know, video games or anything like that at all? Did you kind of do similar type of writing projects for that as well? No, I, I didn't. Uh, this was my first. Um writing for for the board game spotlight and druids yeah. and games was that was my kind of foot in the water uh that was that was my foot in the door and i didn't write previously uh for anybody really uh, other than myself 
and just kind of creatively. And then obviously just online, uh, trying yeah. to trying to be you'd be helpful. So because one of my pet peeves is when people don't fully explain, uh, they don't go into as much detail as they might. Well, and it's all personal opinion and, and dependent on the person. But uh, for me, I'm the type of person that will give you a, a long wall of text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just like to explain, you know, and I like to talk about that the board games and things. And other people are very curt uh, and short. And so, and that's fine too. But I, I like to, to write. So Did you, uh, did you self-edit then when you were writing the articles for the board game spotlight? Or was that, was, was James kind of putting a cursory eye over it as well? No, I, so from the very beginning, from day one, I, I was given the reins, uh, kind of the key, key. <laughs> he trusted me a lot. <laughs> it's like, I was it's like, your, like your kingdom. parents giving you the keys, keys to the car for the first time <laughs> and saying, right now you be back at nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he told me what he was looking for and he, what he wanted. And I said, I said, Roger. I'll move out and I'll take care of it. And so uh, I, I learned to self-edit. I learned how to, to kind of navigate because that's a whole different aspect uh, when you're getting into the whole software and editing on online and different, you know, um, web pages and things. So yeah, yeah. definitely kind of had to navigate my way and learn a few things, but it was good for me. It, it was what I needed. What was the first article that you wrote? The first article I wrote was about Cry Havoc. I wrote a and, piece, uh, I wrote a review on Cry Havoc. And, um, and how many times did you write that and rewrite it before you put it out there? <laughs> uh, it went through a lot of revision before I posted it. And then post-publishing, it went through a couple other revisions. <laughs> just as I was like looking and I'm like, oh man, that isn't quite how, what I wanted to say. Or, oh, there's a typo. Or, just, just things like that. But I'm very, I, I, I don't often post without making sure it's ready. At least now, in the early, early days, it was, uh, you know, a little. It was not as clean. It was a little, uh, a little rough around the edges. And are you? I mean, how do you find the time? I mean, this is the big thing. I mean, I know that. Um, um, I know that. Um, was it uh, Steve from Polyhedron Collider? spoke recently you know before a couple of months ago and basically said listen guys we're gonna have to take the foot off in terms of the written review stuff because i don't have time um to put them together or play the games in order to give a proper review and you know you can end up saying it's like um it's you almost end up in crunch time that mm -hmm. you end up playing a game in order to try and form a, an opinion and you end up looking at a game from a critical mind now, I don't mean critical mind isn't negative, isn't no, looking I see what at a game saying. as you I know, you know what I mean. Um, and and you can end up rushing a game, but not necessarily enjoying the game for mm -hmm. the fun, the, for the fun aspect. So, I mean, have you? Did you enter into kind of like a balance? Did you? Did you have to allocate yourself kind of certain times where you were playing and then writing up the pieces, or you know, with something like Cry Havoc, was that a game you'd already? had a bit of experience on that you've been playing so you were just kind of penning the words together i did and and that was specifically why i chose that game uh, i had played uh often previously so you know when i was starting out i didn't want to start with anything that i didn't really know and yeah at, at the time i started with games that were in my collection so i started with games that i actually had and so uh that was kind of just where i started and uh when you when you get into the review business or you get into the promotion side of things, um, you can get a little jaded. Uh, I mean, you you play games because uh, sometimes they can feel like work, uh, but you know you you still want to have fun. You want to enjoy it, and for the most part, I've I've been okay with realizing that I can I can still critically think about a game and, and mm -hmm. you know, the aspects of that and still enjoy playing it. So I haven't hit the crunch time yet. Uh, we'll see what happens. Finding the time is really the biggest thing. Um, yeah. A lot of long nights, long weekends. Uh, it's not glamorous at all. You know, people see the, the end product, uh, but they don't see all the things behind the, the cloth, you know, the, the, the mirror. They don't see everything behind the curtain. No, I mean I used yeah I used to write um, reviews for for video games and put opinion pieces for video games, mm -hmm. so I know exactly 
where you're coming from that that 600 or 800 word piece that you see on the website is probably there's another 1400 words which didn't even make it mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a whole pile of spellings that kind of haven't haven't kind of got there before um with the board game spotlight of obviously one of the things that you're doing with your promotions and your your kind of your articles um it's a it's a paid for service but do you find that you get do you get approached quite a lot with people just saying hey look at this game if you could put the word out in this game it would be kind of fantastic or have you found you have you been quite strict from the beginning to say guys this is a professional service so therefore if you want to use it there is going to be you know there's a transaction involved and have you been quite kind of strict with that we we have been strict as far as so with with the package it involves uh, just a, ought to be frankly honest and it includes a lot of uh, just fantastic services that we offer. I mean, I I'm not. I mean, I I guess you could call me biased because I I run it, but we really do. We, <laughs> I am. We, 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 we really do. I know you're not going to, but we really do believe what we're offering to creators is going to be beneficial for them. Uh, yeah. Just in this, in the amount of services that we're offering in the promotion marketing aspect, and so um, I do take it very seriously. And I do uh, when we we have those conversations with content creators. But and there have been a few that have said, "Hey, you know, I've got this game coming up. Would you mind giving this a share?" Or uh, really, most of the time, what happens is that I'll share projects that I've found that didn't pay us for promotion, but I'm either backing or uh, look really great, and I'll share it myself. Um, and there have been a few that have asked me to, to share things, and I don't have any issue with sharing a few things out, but it's not going to take precedence over those who have paid. And so uh, those who have paid for the marketing, um, for our marketing will, will obviously take precedence, especially if their Kickstarter is uh, is live. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Have you found kind of like an increase in the interest? I think one of the things that I, from running a podcast where we interview um, creators and uh, ourselves, is that the um, there's there's quite a hunger for people that need to kind of get the word out there as much as possible. Have you found that there's been you know since you've introduced the service, have you? Have you noticed that has it been very busy? Has there been a lot of interest in it? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, it was kind of a trial thing that uh, James and I had this. Well, James had the brainchild, and you know I've been executing it. But it mm. was like uh, he was already doing a lot of previews, and uh, honestly, was very swamped with the amount of requests he was ga- he was getting. And so that's mm-hmm. where I stepped in. Uh, so I went from not only becoming a staff writer, but now I've become promotion marketer I, I, and then that's kind of when uh, I, I took over the realm uh, or the reins of the Boreum spotlight as as one of the admin team yeah and so we have seen a very significant increase in the last six months for people we were full from all of July to November and we specifically took a break during December just so that we could kind of regroup uh, and there weren't very many Kickstarters that launched in December. So December was the only month uh, in the last uh, since really kicking this off that we weren't full. And even right now in 2018, we're we're full every week all the way up until March 1st. And so, no, I can see, yeah, no, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and so that. we actually, uh, my wife and I have branched out and created a new service that we're offering now that is going to be a live stream option. And so her, uh, she and I have really had a great time sitting down at the table and live streaming games. Uh, started just the two of us having fun with games in our collection, things like Azul and yeah. Onatama. And, uh, and then it kind of, we gained some followers and we're like, hey, this might be something we can do. And <laughs> we just did Western Legends last week. Uh, I believe it was last week when they launched their launch day. Yeah, yeah. And that just exploded. Uh, the video has over five thousand views already, and just really blew us away with the people that were watching our live stream because it was a live play. So people that wanted to kind of know about it. So we've started offering that for Kickstarters, but also for retail as well. So we're going to take a look at Sagrada soon, 
and uh, we're just kind of have fun with it. Enjoy kind of like a date night thing. We call it like the couples night. Um, it's specifically tailored uh, more for two players. So those of you listener, you know, those of your listeners or those who watch us who have questions about what are some good two player games that I can play with my significant other, uh, then that's kind of what we're highlighting. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all very well kind of setting up the groups and, you know, playing with your friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But sometimes it's nice to kind of just chill out, you know, with the significant other, mm-hmm. stick some cardboard on the table, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe a, a glass or two of your favorite alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverage. It's entirely up to yourselves if you decide <laughs> to go down that route and just, you know, kind of spend some kind of spend some kind of kind of time there. Have you, um, I mean, since you've been even involved in the in the spotlight, have you seen kind of like changes in how the, even the quality of Kickstarters that are going out there to be funded? Have you seen like a, even, you know, improvements in the art? Is it really, is it, you know, I've noticed it seems to become really competitive in terms of people, what, what they're trying to offer in terms of the quality of the art that's out there. Um the production values and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, we have, and uh, specifically I have. As I start, one of the things that I do, uh, you know, it, it would be nice, it will be nice eventually to kind of just let our system go and people will come to us, and, and that still happens. But I'm also very active with going out and uh, contacting and networking creators saying, hey, you know, We've got these dates available. If you love, you know, we'd love to take a look at your game. You know, if you want to use our promotion services, and so I go out and and kind of canvas for that kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, the quality of Kickstarter games has increased dramatically in the last year. Even even in the last year, um, it has gotten very competitive. You're you're right there, and I think that's because Kickstarter has such a spotlight on it that it's such a great space for new developers to get their game on the market and and also for already established publishers to continue to put out games and yeah. so i i am actually very um, impressed and i think it's a good shift for the, the hobby as a whole uh because Long gone are the days. I mean, even two years ago, you can go back and look at old projects where it was okay to put up your, your Kickstarter project and not have the rules, not even have a finished product, uh, have very few reviews, if none, and still fund. And that's not, yeah. the, that's not the case anymore. Uh, no. So people have voted with their wallets. They have said, these are the standards that we're going to hold publishers and designers and creators to. We the, These are the things that we need to see. And I think that because of that, Kickstarter has gotten very competitive, but it's also increased the quality games that are being published. Yeah, no, I think um, the yeah. bar, the bar continues to be raised. Um, the prices continue to be raised as well, and there is a game that is just—I think it's been launched today by a rather big uh, <laughs> label. And I must admit, I, I took a look over it. I saw the price tag, and I put the phone in the fridge <laughs> to keep it <laughs> so it could cool down um, I mean we're obviously, we're talking about the elephant in the room which is hate, which yes. is coming out, which is the kind of the, <laughs> it was the talk of the, you know the old guys around the campfire saying so when are you thinking about launching your kickstarter oh you know January 10th January 10th you know that hate's out on the 15th <laughs> kind of thing and there was like real real kind of I saw that actually in kind of like a lot of because I obviously frequent quite a few kind mm-hmm. of Kickstarter groups and that's what I saw when you launch and we're launching then are you sure <laughs> kind of but we'll see you know it depends on the market and there's always I mean let's face it if the if the Kickstarter market was only for the big fish then you wouldn't see the likes of um, you know Carla a weird giraffe games or you know um, Mark from Orange Nebula kind of putting their, you know, pitching their tent out there, right. or even, you know, Richard from, you know, doing Dinogenics. I mean, all these guys kind of are smaller, first time developers who've gone on to kind of fund and, you know, 
fund in some ways and, and kind of incredibly well. So I think there's space, there's space for everybody. I think it's kind of like finding your audience, and it sounds like you guys are helping those people who have spent so much time and so much energy creating something that people can have fun with that sometimes the marketing and the, the noise side of things gets left to the wayside, which is, it's then you see a lot of people kind of doing catch-up three weeks, a month before their Kickstarter going, oh my goodness, I need to market this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be doing, kind of thing. So that's a kind of a, a, kind of a scary, scary thing. Um, did you think you would actually ever be on the other side of the curtain. I know we used the Wizard of Oz kind of thing. <laughs> did you did you think you would be the guy that would be kind of pulling the levers and, you know, pressing the pedals and, and using the, the funny um the voice changer thing? No, never never in my wildest dreams uh did I think that'd be where I am. Um I was I was perfectly happy. I was content. I was very, you know, I was having a good time as, as a consumer and just yeah. having a having fun playing games and I still do that. Uh, but my my uh, whole outlook, my kind of I put on different glasses and now I see things through a whole different lens and uh, I, I didn't see myself um, getting on this side of the curtain and I'm actually very I'm very blessed to be where I am and I love what Druid City does. I love what we're doing with the board game spotlight. And I'm really excited to see where that goes in the future. Um, so I, I never saw myself where I am, but I'm really glad that I'm here. Does that mean you've, um, you've got to play Grim Forest? I have indeed played Grim Forest. Right, okay. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good, isn't it? It's really good, isn't it? It, it, is, it's not... it is very good. Uh, it is a, a, a light uh, family game with yeah. very good bluffing, fun mechanics with grim fairy tales, and it just looks gorgeous. Just yeah, I heard I heard that. Um, what's his name? What's his face? Him that does the towery thing, Mister Tom Vassell, of course. Tom <laughs> Vassell. <laughs> How could you forget Tom Vassell? Um, kind of saying, oh, it's just one of the best games I've seen. For components, one of the best because he said it was one of the best. Com- I don't want to get the quote wrong because I'll get James shouting at me. <laughs> he says it's it's, it's it's some of the the best components he's ever seen for a board game. Now that's pretty high praise. Yes, that's pretty high praise indeed. Yes, though is. I would have had a word with him because at the beginning of his videos, he still kind of throws all the box of stuff on the table. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? But um. <clears throat> So you're going to be, you know, as you say, you're um, you're moving, you're going to be working kind of full time um, for Druid City. So are you, I mean, are you going to be getting involved in the the game design? I mean, are we going to see a little, <laughs> you know, are we going to see a little bit of, you know, the fu- is there going to be a little bit of the Funkhauser imagination making its way onto the printed and pressed trees? It's, it's very possible. Uh, I have a few. I have a few things uh, rattling around in my brain. Uh, I feel. Okay. I feel like I'm always multitasking, and I'm always trying to manage a million things at one time. But there are a few games uh, currently being developed that do have my name on them. Really, that's <laughs> that's cool. That's going from like 2014. Yeah. And you going okay? I'm breaking through. I'm just going to play some games, and now like four years later, you're like. Yep, here we go. White pieces of paper. Move this here. I'm going to write these rules. I'm going to do like that. That is very, very cool, kind of indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, listen, thank you very much for coming on. I'm aware of the time. I'm aware that you have probably a lot more wonderful and important things to do. Like, let's face it, help promote games, help design games, speak to James probably about stuff, a whole load of cool stuff, write more stuff. Just, you know... You're kind of, I think you've, you're on that lovely, as I say, the other side of the curtain where you're probably doing a lot of things that people would actually give their eye teeth to kind of do as well. But um, if they want to keep um, an eye on eye on you on the interweb nets, how do they find you? Oh, and by the way, and do check out Derek's stuff because his writing was um, 
is really really good. It was one of the reasons that I have a I have a copy of Cry Havoc <laughs> right actually behind me. <laughs> Because I did, I read your, um, I read your write up on it, and it kind of made me think. Well, I'm gonna take a shot at this and see, see how it goes, you know. So, you kind of, um, yeah, it kind of helped me make a, helped me make a decision. Good. But where can we find you on the internet? You can find me uh, at the board game spotlight on Facebook, and please join the Facebook group. We are growing uh, every day. We just actually passed eight thousand members. And we would love for you to come on and join, post pictures, enjoy a fellowship of other gamers, and just uh, be inclusive with, with what we're doing. And you can also find me at DrFunk27 on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also follow the Board Game Spotlight on Instagram and Twitter. And... Yeah, send send me a friend request. I will be your friend. We can talk. We can <laughs> chat. We can we can just have a good time together. Excellent, excellent. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we are up to, there are several places you can find us. Um, we are on Twitter at We Are Not Wizards. We are on Facebook at We Are Not Wizards. We are on YouTube, but. If you search for We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast, you will find us there. You can email us at magic at we'renotwizards.com. You can find us on Instagram. We're just on Spreaker and Stitcher and Acast and Podknife. And <laughs> we're also on Apple. <laughs> we're, we're just everywhere. Redbubble. You can buy t-shirts with our nonsense on them. Um <laughs> Seriously, just that, that's not even a lie, that's an actual truth. That's fantastic. That's a true, that's a true statement. Um, if you like what you hear, though, um, please, if you like what you heard tonight, especially if you listen to the first time and you want to hear some more of some of the guests that we've had, we've had the likes of Jamie Stegmeyer on, we've had James Hudson on twice. I don't know how I managed to persuade him to come on a second time. He's actually potentially coming on another time, so here we go. Um, please go into Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. If you like us even more than that, then consider giving us a rating or a review. Um, if you are going to give us a rating or a review, um, just don't give us ten stars, because that will make us big-headed. But don't give us one, because that will actually make us cry. Give us a five, because it's in the middle. It's kind of average, and uh, we're decidedly average. But the gentleman who's not being average is the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, the man I'm extremely jealous of at this moment with what <laughs> the direction his life is taking. Um, it's Mr. Derek Funkhauser. So thank you very, very much for coming on, Derek. Thank you very much for inviting me. I have enjoyed this, and I hope that I can do this again in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Open open invitation. You need to come on when you've got your first game out. We can make that happen. Absolutely. That sounds good. <laughs> there are only um, a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Derek? We are not wizards. Definitely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Derek. Say goodbye, Derek. Goodbye, everybody. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> Douglas Adams, love it. <laughs> and it's a good, and it's a goodbye for me. Remember, uh, stay safe. Roll sixes. Um, communities are good. Communities are important, and there's communities out there that are looking for you. Um, and the board game spotlight is one of them. Pay them a visit. Um, take a look, stay a while, stay a long time, make some friends um, and, but, and keep an eye out on uh, what Derek's going to be doing with Druid City Games they've got a gay, they've got continually to be releasing some cracking games no doubt 2018 is going to be a good year for them as well especially if uh, you know, especially if the previous years are anything to go by but until the next time goodbye <laughs>